What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Rewired Soul podcast. It's your host, Chris. And once again, I'm here to speak with another great author. And her name is Joanna Penn. So check this out. I... I have had this episode for a while, and I'm like, where can I kind of squeeze this in? But yeah, today is the day. And uh, first off, like, Joanna is awesome, like, super patient. And <laughs> I've had this episode for a while. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be posting it this week. And yeah, let me tell you a little bit about Joanna and why she is so amazing and she inspires and motivates me. So, Fun fact, a uh, quick little story. Earlier this year, before I started the podcast, like I, I am somebody who just needs to create, right? And writing has always been my thing. And, you know, in the last few years, I've gotten into, you know, reading more. But uh, as many of you know, I've self-published some books and they're up on the site. And this year I was like, I'm going to take this really seriously. And I started reading books from authors about nonfiction writing. And I came across Joanna Penn and I just started binging her book. So if you're a writer of any type, like I don't even care if you're fiction, Joanna writes fiction too. All right. But, uh, she has such great books and yeah, I, I, I just dove into them. But the reason why she inspires and motivates me is, is just when I see Joanna and all the work that she does and puts into her writing and her own marketing and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, what am I doing? Where, <laughs> how, how am I not putting in this much effort? You know what I mean? But yeah, she's, she's super nice. She's awesome. And yeah. So if you are a writer, if you listen to this podcast and I know a lot of authors listen to this podcast, like if you, if you're not familiar with Joanna Penn yet, you need to check it out. She does a lot on uh, self-publishing, but also, you know, traditional publishing. And she has her own podcast and she blogs. Just listing all the things she does makes me exhausted. So make sure you check out the description down below and make sure you're following her over on Twitter. I will link a bunch of stuff. I'm going to link her website, her podcast, some of her books. I'm probably going to miss some, but there's so many. So we, we kind of uh, hyper-focused on a couple subjects in this episode, but please make sure you go follow her. If nothing else, like if you want to write or if you just need inspiration to just put in a little bit more work, Joanna is a great person to follow, all right? So make sure you check out the description down below. And while you're down there, make sure if you're not yet, you are following me at The Rewired Soul over on Instagram and Twitter. More of you are following me, which is lovely because I love chatting and talking with all of you, whether it's about books or just stuff going on and some of the topics we touch on and all that. You're all awesome. We have a great little community. I'm trying to figure out more ways to like interact and get involved. But anyways, anyways, make sure you're following me on Instagram and Twitter at The Rewired Soul. But without further ado, here's my conversation with the wonderful, the amazing, the motivational and inspiring, for me at least, Joanna Penn. Hello, Joanna. Thank you so, so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule. You got so much stuff going on, so I really, really appreciate it. And yeah, thanks for coming on. So, so yeah, 
I fell in love with your books when I was trying to gather more advice about, you know, self-publishing nonfiction. And you have books that cover just about every aspect of the writing business. But I wanted to start with marketing. So, question. Before marketing your book, do you think it's necessary for an author to build an online presence, like through blogs or social media, all that kind of stuff? And the reason I asked, to give everybody a little context, I self-published my first book before anybody knew who I was. And I feel like I did it backwards. So I'm curious your thoughts on this. So the question before marketing your book, I don't know if you mean before writing your book, but in terms of an online presence, the main question is, what is your longer term plan? Because you only really need a website and some social media and some way to reach people like an email list if you want to do this for let's say at least three books and you want to do this over at least five years. So many authors just want to write one book and if they just doing that really <laughs> you can just write the book and put it out there put some paid ads on and probably that's all you need to do but if you want a longer term career if you want a business then yes you really need to consider having this for the longer term but in terms of before writing your book I think you mean before writing your book I I think many authors obsess about that before they've even finished that book and I think that can be dangerous because often you can build the wrong type of platform. So for example, with my first book, which was called How to Enjoy Your Job, which later I rewrote as Career Change, I built a blog around that one book and realized within six months that I did not want to do that. I wanted to build a bigger platform around more of a personal brand. So my recommendation with nonfiction is to think much wider and about that longer term. What would be the type of platform or online presence that is going to help your ecosystem grow. So as a non-fiction author, you might have books, you might also do services, consulting, for example, or coaching, you might have courses. And in that case, yes, you need a website. And I would say that for non-fiction authors, content marketing is very doable. So that might be articles, it might be guest posting, it might be podcasting. And then in terms of social media, you, you pretty much need at least one social media platform, again, if you want to build uh, a longer term career. But yeah, so essentially my answer would be, don't just think about the one book, think about what you want to achieve in the next five years, and then consider building that online presence to support that journey, rather than just that one book. I think that's probably the biggest mistake I see. Yeah, I think that was one of my biggest mistakes when I first started just, you know, a few years ago. I, I was like, you know what, I want to sit down and write my story and put it together in a book. And the idea behind it, I, I don't even know if many people know this, my girlfriend does, because she's been with me this whole time. But when I first started, I wrote that book, my first book was hope uh, and it was my story how I overcame my addiction and depression and anxiety and all that and I wrote that as a free ebook it's also available on you know in the Kindle e-store and stuff but it was to build an email list right and I just knew I wanted to do something and then after I wrote it just because I didn't have the plan I just I just started researching stuff I'm like okay now now what do I do and eventually when I got into social media I fell into YouTube and that just happened to be the platform that that opened up but but yeah I I I can't tell you how many people I come across uh authors and things like that and I get it everybody's different but a lot don't have any kind of 
presence, right? Uh, some some might just not be on social media. Uh, some don't have a website, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I definitely agree. Like I wish I would have sat down and really thought about this and, and kind of just mapped it out a little better, kind of like with what you're saying. But you know, the great thing is like we can always just learn from it and just keep on going, you know what I mean? And now, you know, now I'm really just kind of focused on the podcast and I do these other little side projects and I'm just kind of kind of just creating to create for the time being. No no major plans. Um so yeah, so let's let's kind of talk about uh the the self-publishing industry. It's grown like exponentially and there are so many authors who still want to go the traditional route. And the upside with working with a publisher is like, you know, you, you might get an advance and they'll handle all your marketing and all that. And, you know, pretty much every author I've had on the podcast, even they're all working with traditional publishers. But this is just something I've always been debating on. Like I've self-published my books. And I think, you know, earlier this year, I was, you know, one of the reasons I came across your book was like, do I want to self-publish or do I want to, you know, try to pitch to uh, a publisher? So what would you say are the primary reasons uh, self-publishing might be a better option for some people? And and I think this is an important question because I, I come across a lot of people or authors and they're like, yeah, I, I, I have a proposal, but nobody's picked up my book yet. So I'm curious your thoughts about, you know, the benefits of self-publishing. So there are many pros and cons of traditional publishing and self-publishing or being an indie author. But what I would say is that this will very much depend on your personality. I used to think that everyone could be a successful indie author, but I am definitely wrong in that way. There are many authors for whom working with a publisher is exactly what they want to do and probably what they should do. If you don't want to run a business, <laughs> then you will probably be looking at working with a traditional publisher. If you are not interested in marketing, for example, that is one of the reasons that people go to a publisher. But then what often happens is the traditional publisher will say, or the agent will say, actually, you do need to do your own marketing as well. So marketing is something that we all have to do as authors, however we publish. So when is self-publishing a better option for writers? I think if you are someone who likes to control things if you are truly an independent minded person and you want to have a say over your book cover you want to really make a decision on your book title if you're happy working with freelance editors and cover designers for example if you love to learn and try and learn all the new things that are happening it's definitely a learning curve to be an indie author but for a lot of people like myself for example this is the way we choose to go because we enjoy doing that kind of work. So I've run my own businesses for, I guess, like 20 years at this point. So I was always going to run my own business as an author. So yes, self-publishing is a choice if you, a positive choice, it's not a last resort at all. It is a positive choice if you would like to basically have everything under your control, creative control, 
you can change your pricing, you have marketing control. And of course, there are pros and cons that way because you are likely to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But one of the beauties of self-publishing is that you can change things. So for example, I've changed book covers, I've changed titles, I've even changed my author name. I upload new files. If someone finds a typo, for example, I upload new files if I want to change the back matter. And I enjoy all these aspects of being uh, an independent author. But as I said, it's not for everyone. And the most important thing in one of the messages that I talk about is really that you are empowered. You are the empowered author, the empowered creator. So you get to make these choices. You get to say, okay, I am choosing to pitch an agent or pitch a publisher, or I am choosing to learn how to become an independent author. And I have a whole chapter on the pros and cons of traditional versus indie in my free ebook, Successful Self-Publishing. So uh, you're welcome to go get that. It's also available in print and audio. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because I think the conventional wisdom around this is you have to you have to work with like you know a publisher to do this. But so many things have changed, and I've I've even read some books about you know how this is you know a bad thing. But I look at it as a good thing. A because I am a you know kind of control freak. You know what I mean? But uh, it. it, it there's no longer so many like gatekeepers. Like um, one of the reasons, you know, I, I found your work so great and interesting and just hearing about your story and how it's intertwined in, in your books and when you're giving advice on, you know, writing nonfiction is like you, you have a full career around this. And I think this is just a theory I've always had. I feel like some of us are just wired to not really want to work for somebody else or, you know, whatever it is. And it's weird because I love to collaborate and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, I think that's a great point. Like you have to look back and say, okay, how much do you want to do or not want to do? And some people just, you know, it's one of their dreams. One of their things on the, the list of things to do is to just get a book out. And if that's the goal, boom, pitch it to publishers, have them take care of all of it. The one thing I, I, I have learned um, since talking with so many authors lately for the podcast is that not all publishers will do a ton of marketing for you. But uh, there, so a lot of authors take that into their own hands and then it's just kind of, you know, depends on who's doing it more. There's so many authors who I see just hustling and killing it. One of them is Annie Murphy Paul, who will be on the podcast pretty soon. But yeah, she is out there and she's very interactive on social media and stuff and doing you know uh all, all her stuff and, and what am i thinking you 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 do an amazing job <laughs> with all of your stuff so uh so yeah but so yeah you could do it independently or you can work with a publisher and and all that kind of stuff and sometimes i wonder i just get curious if if it's like an ego thing like some of us just want that big publisher just like hey i did it i had a big publisher pick up my book but i've i've learned that there are so many people self-publishing who have made a career out of this like yourself you know what i mean so um yeah so i'm far from creating my own career but you know i so i've self-published uh five of my own books and i'm kind of in the middle i'm kind of in the middle i've taken a little bit of a break to focus on the podcast but i'm kind of in the middle of writing uh, uh another book all right so i find myself personally getting bored with a topic after i start it and i know or i'm you know i'm just sure i'm assuming that other 
nonfiction writers struggle with this too, probably even fiction. And anyways, one of the ways I start off this, you know, podcast, whenever I'm talking to any author, I'm like, what inspired you to write this book? What motivated you, right? And that question is really for me. I think a lot of people find it interesting. It's really for me because I'm like, you have to find something that you're so passionate about that you're going to spend hours, right? Or weeks or months or whatever. And for me, I'm just all over the place, so I find so many topics inter interesting, so I'm curious. You have some great advice in, uh, in your book, uh, The Successful Author Mindset, and I'm wondering, like, what are your suggestions for finishing a book after that initial excitement? Uh, of the project kind of dies down. Uh, like, should we be, you know, uh, setting up proper habits? Uh, should we be taking breaks? Uh, I, I'm not sure. So, so guide me, Joanna. Okay, so I think there are several forms of energy when you're writing a book. One is starting energy, and it sounds like you're fine with that. Having the energy to like, oh, this is a new project. I'm really excited about it. I'm going to get into it. Then there's the pushing through energy, which is what happens when the initial excitement drops off and you're like, oh, okay, so either maybe you've written a first draft or maybe you haven't even written a first draft. You've written about 30,000 words, for example, this normally happens to me at about 30,000 words, is that I know what's going to happen. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not so excited anymore. Or with nonfiction, it's like, okay, I know what this looks like, I just have to write it. So the pushing through energy is yes, the best way to do this is to just schedule your diary, schedule time to get it done and do the work. And being a successful author is a lot about doing the work. People can talk about flow and moments of inspiration, but that is a very tiny part of being an author. Most of being an author is sitting down and writing words, and it is a, a job. If you want to do this for the long term and you want to do lots of books, then yes, it is work. It is a job. Yes, you can love it, but it's still, okay, I sit down at my desk and I write for two hours, or I sit down or I walk and I dictate for half an hour or whatever. The idea is that you want to do that till the end of the draft, then of course you need your editing time. That's pushing through energy is finishing <laughs> the book. And then uh, finishing energy, for example, is the last phase of the book. So that to me is the proofreading and the backwards and forwards on things like formatting and making sure all your publishing stuff is set up and keyword research and all the things you need to do and the launch energy, the emails, marketing stuff that you have to do. So that finishing energy is sort of the last 20% as well. So I'd say maybe 25% starting energy, 50% pushing through energy and 25% finishing energy is, is how it tends to work for me. But that pushing through energy doesn't need to be all boring or, or all the saggy middle as many people call it. You can find the excitement in other ways by just trying to make each of those writing sessions like have something that hooks your interest because if it doesn't hook your interest it probably won't hook the interest of the reader either so if it's boring then change it up and uh, do something else <laughs> with that chapter <laughs> make it more exciting for example with non-fiction find a personal story that will bring it alive or find quotes from other people that might uh, make it more an, a more interesting read yeah absolutely and I, I i think like i i think we need like a reality show around you and just kind of see how, how you do this but it makes sense and that's that's kind of how i motivate myself with all these like other 
other things that I do because I, I work, you know, a ton. Like, you know, I have a normal day job and then this podcast. And I've been recently writing on Substack and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, with a book, it's just like sometimes it's just like setting up the habit, doing it and writing about it. And I think I think personally for my for me, uh, like my fear is kind of like what you said is like if it's not that exciting or, you know, whatever for you, that's probably not going to be that exciting for the reader. I feel I have this like block in my head where if I'm not like a thousand percent excited to be sitting down and writing that, then I feel it's going to come across that way, which is ridiculous on multiple levels when I take a step back and look at it because, you know, it, it, it depends on how the other person sees it. And this is why we have other people take a look at it. If we, if we question it, we reread it, we go through proofreading and editing and all that. So some of it, yeah, I need to work on the pushing through energy to just kind of just, just get the words down and then go back and tweak it because the outlining process like there's nothing i i put in an outline that i don't think would be interesting or anything like that and and yeah it's 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 interesting i haven't even told many people maybe like only one or two people about this but it's like halfway done joanna it is like halfway done i will find some time after the podcast kind of chills out and I get a little bit more time, but I'm getting back in the groove with the Substack, and maybe that's just me making excuses in front of the whole audience. I don't know, but it, everybody can follow me and keep me accountable, and I will try to schedule my time a little bit better because I think the book is pretty sweet. All right, anyways, next question. <laughs> so, so yeah, so a lot of authors don't have that much money or any money when it comes to marketing. And in your book, uh, how to market a book. That's the name of it for any of the uh, of you who don't know. Uh, but yeah, in that one, you have some great paid options that you mentioned. So let me let me throw out this experiment, this kind of test for you. All right. If you only had $200 to market a book, how would you spend it? And with that $200 and spending it the best way you know how with all your experience and everything, what kind of results would you expect with that $200 investment into your own marketing? Okay, so $200, I think I would probably do a free booksy or a bargain booksy, which is a great way to obviously market a free book or a 99 cent book. And in fact, just this morning as I record this, I just ordered a bargain booksy on a 99 cent book, my uh, Destroyer of Worlds. And uh, bargain booksy is for anything under $4.99 and, or $2.99 I think and free booksy is for 99 cents and it's a lot cheaper than uh, other types of ads and it is a fixed price so uh, it's much better than trying to figure out Facebook ads or Amazon ads and it's less expensive than BookBub for example. So yeah $200 I would probably spend on free booksy or bargain booksy and the blog for that is writtenwordmedia.com and they have lots of help but also I would definitely set my book to free. I think free books are still really effective but you do have to do advertising on it so obviously if you're in KU set the book to free or you can do price matching so set the book to free on Kobo and Apple and Amazon will price match and then you can do that paid promotion but yeah $200 that's what I would do I dig it and that's exactly what I'm gonna do like I, I haven't even uh, heard of that one uh Written Word Media. I don't know if you've mentioned that in any of your books. And by the way, everybody listening, like, oh my God, like Joanna, you put so much, so many resources in your books 
I love it and it's so helpful and all that. And I, I, I've been keeping a list and everything so far when I'm ready, when I'm ready to finally <laughs> finish this book and market it. But something I've been personally doing, because as I mentioned, uh, I've self-published some books already and I've been thinking about experimenting with the marketing and some of these strategies and stuff like that uh, with the books I've already written about like, you know, anxiety and, you know, uh, anger management and addiction and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to test some of those and I shall let you know how they work. All right. But yes, you are a busy, busy woman. So I got one more question for you. All right. So you are an absolute machine. And I, I have said this a million times, but I'm so inspired by your work ethic. And you've written this insane amount of books. Like right now, we're only talking about like the nonfiction stuff. Like you write fiction too and yeah. But anyways, aside from that, aside from your your your, your publishing, your self-publishing, you have a podcast, you run a blog, and you're managing your own business. You talk about that in the book as well, like doing like all your stuff. So final question, what would you say your main driving force is for your work ethic? Like where did it come from and what keeps you going on a daily basis? Okay. Well, first of all, I have always been this way. <laughs> I have a work ethic. I was raised by a single mum who worked incredibly hard and it probably in terms of I am probably more of a workaholic, as in I probably work too hard <laughs> a lot of the time. But the other thing is that I used to have a job that made me miserable. I spent 13 years implementing accounts payable into large and uh, small and medium company departments. And essentially, I got to the point where I was crying at work. I was so miserable. I hated my job. I couldn't see any point. And I worked hard then too. But I love my job. I love writing. I love podcasting. Creating like this drives me. I have about 14 or 15 books right now on my to write list. So ideas are not the problem. <laughs> the problem is enough time to create everything I want to create in my lifetime. So my driving force for my work ethic is a personality type for one, an upbringing for two, and thirdly, I absolutely love my job and I have so much to share. So maybe I won't work as hard as I do if I run out of book ideas, but that's certainly not going to happen anytime soon. And I'm grateful every single day that I love this way of life and I love this work. So yeah, I don't have to go back to that day job. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I could definitely relate to that. <laughs> I, I just have these like constant ideas and everything like that. But yeah, when I'm at when I'm at my regular job, like uh, it's always been like that. Like I try to give it my all and I'm just constantly going. And I, I found my personal thing. My personal thing is like I, I just kind of go crazy if I'm not doing anything. It took me a lot of time, uh, which, you know, was one of the, the positives about the pandemic was I learned to just chill and relax with my girlfriend and my son and things like that um, because, as much as people think I'm working, I could probably be doing a, a whole lot more. But kind of like with what you said, you you love what you're doing. You love writing. You love podcasting and, and all that. That's what I've, I've found with this because, you know, with all the books I, I read, I've met some great people. Uh, before I started this podcast, I met some great people on, you know, Twitter and everything. And we got to talk about books and every all that kind of stuff. And I was like, you know what? It'd be kind of cool if I got to talk with the authors about this, you know? And I've been talking to you know just people who are 
experts in their field or have been researching and studying this stuff for years on all sorts of different topics. And it is just some of the most fun I've had. So uh, currently the podcast isn't doing much uh, as far as income, but like the, the fun of it, like, ooh. I, I hope that never goes away. So thankfully, I still have a, a regular job that I also enjoy. So if anybody from my, my job is listening, I, I really enjoy my job and they're so cool. So, so I'm, I'm living the best of both words. But yeah, Joanna, thank you so, so much for taking the time to come on and chat a little bit. But before I let you go, for everybody out there who wants to see some of the stuff you're working on and all the content that you're putting out or they're interested in checking out your books and all that, where is the best place for people to find you and keep up with all the cool stuff that you're working on? So thanks, Chris, and thanks, everybody listening. If you want to check out what I do, come on over to thecreativepen.com, pen with a double N, and I have The Creative Pen podcast, which you can find on any app, pen with a double N, again. You can tweet me at The Creative Pen, and I also have another podcast, Books and Travel, where I interview authors about the travel that inspires their books. So come on over and check that out, too. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that episode with the one and only Joanna Penn. And isn't she, isn't she just nice? I, that, that's the thing, too. She, she narrates her own books. And as you know, I'm an audio listener. And I'm like, Joanna sounds like a nice person. <laughs> Even here, I love it. Like, I just, you know, obviously finished editing and all that stuff. And she's fantastic. So please, please, please check out the description down below. There's going to be a bunch of links. But, yeah, check it out. Check out some of her books. Uh, and, and make sure you follow her and check out her podcast and all that kind of stuff. Um, if anything, if anything, like... It's, it's not just inspiring and helpful for authors. I, I, I take this all in, um, you know, just for any kind of marketing or entrepreneurship. Like, Joanna has so much just wisdom from her experience. And as we discussed, she, she works like crazy. So please go check out her stuff. Check out her books. If, if you've been listening to this, I know a lot of people who are non-authors that listen to this. I know you're just like, oh, how do I put this together? How do I write this? Like, get some of Joanna's books. They're, they're affordable, and as she mentioned, she has some free books available and all that. She runs sales, but check them out, and you can kind of put these things together, these different pieces, and there's not, I guarantee, there is not a question that you have about writing or self-publishing that is not in one of those books. Or, or if you're into fiction, check out some of her other stuff too. All right, but anyways, thanks again for Joanna. All of her stuff is linked down in the description below, as well as me. Me, Chris, make sure you're following me at The Rewired Soul on Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, uh, if you're new to the podcast and you enjoyed it, I'm always talking to different authors about different things. So make sure that you follow or subscribe on Apple or Spotify. Uh, it would be helpful if you leave a rating and review over on Apple. That's great. And something else that is pretty awesome is if you share it on social media because that helps get the word out about the podcast and the algorithms love that stuff and distribute it to all sorts of new people and we can build this little community up we have a big old happy family so make sure that you're sharing it on social media all right and for all of you wonderful people who want to support the podcast and my reading habit uh there are some links down below uh as i mentioned i self-publish books they're up on the rewiredsoul.com they're pretty affordable if i do say so myself so go check those 
those out. Uh, you can become a patron. And there's also an affiliate link down below for BetterHelp Online Therapy. Uh, mental health is a huge part of my life. BetterHelp is a service that I've personally used. So if you want some affordable online therapy from the comfort of your own home, check that out. All right, so thank you so much, Joanna, for coming on. And all of you listening, I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I'm recording this outro on a Friday. So if you're listening on a Friday, have an amazing weekend. And I will see you in the next one with another author and we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic 